You haven't seen the what what in the butt video? Not that I know of. I'm going to change your life today. <laughs> One of the first TikToks I ever saw like a year and a half ago was when was the have you checked your butthole guy. Have you seen that guy? Mm-mm. The guy who's like excited when people are like, look at when he, my roommate's looking for his keys. And I'm like, I don't say it yet. He was like, when he looks in the fridge, I don't say it yet. And when he says he can't find it, he don't say it yet. And then he's like, have you checked your butthole? Like he's like, he, he, it's like a really smooth, like, like fun. it's so funny. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. No, but oh, we're um, gonna show it. I can't wait to sh- for us to show each other butthole related <laughs> <laughs> content later. What what in the butt was? I mean, it's old. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. Couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I guess in college maybe is when I started watching. I don't think it was high school. Who knows? I'm an old man. If you're listening to this and what what in the butt came out when you were in middle school, that's that's how you know I'm old. When I meet people, I'm like, hey, how uh, <laughs> old were you when what what in the butt came out? <laughs> Previous generations had when JFK was shot, the moon landing, uh, when, when when Reagan tore down the wall, and now what what in the butt? Where were you? Nick, where were you and what what in the butt came out? Where were you? <laughs> we're men, okay? That means a few things. Men sometimes have strange motives for the things they do, but we are still proud. For if a man loses pride in manhood, he is nothing. I'm a man. I'm sensitive. Confronted with their true selves, most men run away screaming. Isn't this a strange conversation for men who aren't crazy? You make me want to be a better man. Hey, buddy. Hey, bud. (laughs) (laughs) It felt wrong. No, I know. It's good. That was, that was so good. Welcome to the Better Men Film Club, guys. If you're listening to this for the first time, welcome in. My name is Nick Flora. This is... Dave Gregory. It sure is. He's always on time, you guys. His, his timing hey. is impeccable. This is the podcast where Dave and I use the lens of film to dissect, explore, and challenge the messaging and social conditioning that men have received in the last century, both the positive and the problematic, all in hopes to be ah, better. It's not a mystery like this movie we're going to discuss today is oh. how we want to be better. Um, and much like this movie, about halfway through, we completely switch it up. And you're like, wait, what was I listening to? <laughs> hey, you know what I want to say right now, Nick? Tell me. Happy at current time, early. And by the time this comes out, belated birthday, my bro, bro. Thank you, my guy. That's right. Do you it know is... what your birthday shares this this year? What day that, you're sharing your birthday with, with? That sentence being coherent? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I know it's so messed up. Do you know what's happening on your birthday this year? What is happening on my birthday this year? Oscar nominations are being announced. Oh, that's right. I got really excited about that. That is That happens like every once in a while, and I get really yeah. excited about it. Once every thousand years, actually. This... <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah this this is the the one thousandth and and first uh-huh. <laughs> oscars um the first they're they're okay anyway i can't go on with that bit any further um just because i i'm morally opposed to it but i will say that uh i am excited and i really do hope i don't really believe in this stuff but i really hope that it landing on my birthday is a sign that everything everywhere all at once will be nominated a ton and i really that is my hope for for best picture i really hope it has a parasite type sweep um because i think it freaking deserves it. i watched it again the other absolutely. night absolutely that movie's amazing um but yes it is oscar nominations come out as 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 of the recording of this episode we don't know what they're going to be we kind of you know a lot of movies are being talked about i want to see a brendan fraser in there this is what this, these are my birthday wishes uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna oh i want to see a brendan fraser win so bad like Fra- I will, fraser I will like razor yeah Frazier, like Niles Crane, 
<laughs> I just heard him say I have I, I thought that I like heard him Razor. say it was Fraser, but recently on like Vanity Fair or something, he was like, uh, it's Fraser, like Razor. Oh, okay. He's winning Fraser. some awards and he's starting to correct people now. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, dude. He, he is standing you, up for you himself. You. Like, I, I can't, I don't remember the last time when something like so wholesome, like Brandon, Brendan, I said his first name wrong now. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Fritz Baser. I, I get his, I get his last name right, but I can't say Brendan. When Brendan <laughs> Fraser, um, you guys know him from the film Airheads. When he came out, and, <laughs> dude, how good is Airheads? Though? I love Airheads. It's Steve so good. Buscemi, Adam Sandler, uh, incredible. Um, but when with, with every single thing that he does, it seems like all the interviews he's doing for the whales seem to be getting yeah. memed, and like, and they're not even like funny memes; they're like wholesome memes. Yeah. Like he is just like like that one thing where he does that one Zoom interview where he's like, "I had no clue that there was so much support for me. Like I didn't know that people were rooting for me." It's so time. beautiful. I'm oh. pretty sure the only person who's not rooting for him is that Golden Globes guy that sexually assaulted him like a decade ago or whatever. Yeah. I am a little upset that I don't know his name only because I just want him to be called out a bunch of times. Yeah. Because, man, I really, I really am. I'm so, I can't remember the last time that where, where an actor came back. I mean, even with the Mickey Rourke thing with the wrestler, it was, it was nice to see, but he's not a beloved figure. Brendan Fraser, like, no. like the generation that he helped, like, not raised necessarily, but he felt like the cooler brother, you know, to, to a bunch of us. Like he, he was in so many movies back to back to back. that were so good, dude. That's what's so crazy. Like he literally, he, he really was like, he was Tom Cruise for a minute. Like during that run with like the mummy, Mm -hmm. all of those movies like he was i mean literally tom cruise replaced him in that franchise later on <laughs> like, call, you know what call. i mean like in the yeah. reboot of it or whatever but um it's wild to, to have been given like i remember being a kid again because i had much older sisters six and nine years older than me like watching school ties when i was in elementary school mm. and like i remember that movie very yeah. vividly sh uh, shortly after that uh encino man yep um george of the jungle right around the yes. time i was in elementary middle school Sorry, and stuff man. like that yeah. blast from the past around the same time yeah. then during like then all those blockbusters and then around like college age him coming back in uh during scrubs and all of That's that stuff right. and then some of the really weird movies towards the end of high school like monkey boat like yeah it's just like the range this guy has and the amount Truly. of things that he did was unbelievable was really he was. actually it was he the one in that liz hurley movie about her being the devil yeah bedazzled bedazzled yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 which was which was like just i don't know i I, I don't know whether that movie's good or not, but like I Brandon Fraser is good in everything. Like he's so yeah, fun. Yeah, and watch. Elizabeth Hurley was like an absolute still is, Fox. but like total yeah. goddess. And so like, yeah, that movie was that movie's horrible fun to watch and so watchable. Of, yeah, because he's so fun to watch. Um and you're right, like in movie in movies like Airheads, movies like um uh oh, what was that other one he did around that time? Maybe Blast from the Past is what I'm thinking of. Blast Dude, Blast from the Past, past might be the only other movie I really love Alicia Silverstone in. Aside from Batman the, the and Holy Robin, Grail. obviously. Um, do you remember oh, Excess Baggage with her and yeah, the yeah, yeah. Del Toro? Isn't that what it is? I remember I remember liking that one. Um, but yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. But Brenda I Fraser, remember yeah. liking that one, but I remember I think seeing pieces of Excess Baggage later on and being like, Oh, this was never good. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. was like high school brain Dave thought like, oh, what yeah. a cool indie film when you grow up and you're like, ah, this was same a great thing with movie. like a life less ordinary with Cameron Diaz and uh Ewan McGregor. There's like oh, the, I never it's, saw that. it's like it's like post train spotting, post pulp fiction people were just yeah. like i don't know like there was even like uh, people were trying to do this whole thing or indie cinema thing and the with missing the point of what yeah what, what actually makes indie cinema interesting like what was that Max was writing a, a lot of checks yeah they were <laughs> that eighth heads in a duffel bag with joe pesci and and you oh know, my god yeah yeah, uh, yeah. david spade 
um our friend david spade but uh dave spadoodles hey um, are we gonna do an episode next week where we talk about the oscar nominations and what we think about them yeah totally we will cool. we will do we just decided uh, yeah, that right now let's let's do a, a oscar shit shooter and let's we just, totally like, should have done uh a predictions thing we don't have oh, time yeah. now because i want to get the glass onion isn't it wild that it's been a full year since the oscar slap like that like that's insane dude that's really that actually is pretty think. wild you know what what the craziest thing about that is is we were doing this podcast when that happened yeah and that means we've stuck with this for a year <laughs> I, I completely blanked on the fact that we've been doing this for a year yeah that's really wild to think about oh i guess the oscars weren't until march but like the nominations are coming out yeah okay that's fine. true Get i was like wait it. a second All that right, is a compute because i marked down that march was going to be our, our one year anniversary um so look our forward to something oh my gosh what? dave it's because um, we're the better men film club you get it guys we're men you have get we it we're men that? you guys yell at us about that? it all the time because 70 percent of our that? listenership are women and most of that? y'all get the fact that we're not trying to exclude you but a couple of you guys are really well, loud guys. about it <laughs> <laughs> sorry 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 <laughs> absolutely okay so uh, i want to i want to talk about knives out but like first i want to talk about expectations leading into it because we talked about glass that... onion because we talked about knives out yes, last week knives out presents uh, well, it's, it's glass onion and knives out mystery yes sorry thank you i was oh. gonna say so we both love knives out it was this we talked about it last week, but it came out. It was this total, like, it was refreshing. It felt fresh. It still does, but it's based on like an old idea, like the Agatha Christie mystery yeah. novel, the whodunit, which is as old as like, like storytelling, right? It's Shakespearean, mm -hmm. this whole, you know, thing. So that's still fun. Um, there, there is, there is, it's not recency bias. What's the thing where it's like, well, now I have whatever the, the sequel, it's like sophomore slump, right? Whatever the sequel is. Now I have like a reference point for this. <laughs> And, oh and, yeah, so you go usually, your your expectations yes. are a little higher, yeah. And now we've had three years for Knives Out to become, I'll say it like a modern classic. Like there are people sure. trying, there are literally people trying to make Knives Out movies. Like the whole like whatever the those movies are with the with Neil, what's his face? Like he's a mustachioed dude on a boat um, who's supposed to be the like Benoit Blanc. You know what I'm talking about? I, I sure really, don't. I really hoped you could get me there. Um, Are you talking about the like the murder of the Orient Express and the sequel yes, to that thank one? You. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, like those types of movies. I watched. I watched Qu the Poirot or it. whatever that guy's name is. Yeah. Yes. Which which he is like an Agatha Christie character, like a literal. Yeah, like an actual one. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I watched those movies and they're fine, but like so like this is a become this is becoming. I'll thing be honest, of, they're not. Murder on the Orient Express was horrible. That was a, I didn't, that I didn't was see such that a one. shit show of a movie, and I didn't watch the sequel because. I yeah, why would you? Why would you? I watched it because yeah. Gal Gadot. Um, but uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll literally like we'll, we'll just watch Gal Gadot. Um, yeah. But so, like, incredible. leading into this for you, are you excited to watch this? But also, kind of like, eh, it's it, how's this going to be? Do you trust Ryan Johnson if he's not making a Star Wars movie? Um, yeah. Like, where, where's your like head going into this, and how do you let that actually like inform or not inform your opinion of it? Because I have a hard time with it. No, that's so. That's that's really well said. I uh, I for sure a couple things. Um, I'm trying to think of how to answer that. I was, I I hate this about me. I still get annoyed about the hype around certain things. Me too. Um, and so like when I'll be, I was very annoyed. I I love cinema. I love movie theaters. I support them like crazy. Yeah. I'm like addicted to the Alamo Draft House. There is yeah. no other theater for me as far as I'm concerned, and. 
when Knives Out came out, I think was it Thanksgiving or sorry, Glass Onion mm -hmm. uh, around Thanksgiving and holiday in theaters. People were like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna see it in theaters, I'm gonna see it in theaters, I'm gonna see it. And so many people were looking down their nose at me because I was just gonna wait to see it for free. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, dude, I'm sorry, honestly, I'm 36, I'm pretty busy. Like me and my wife have a yeah. loaded calendar. We're recording two of these podcasts. Yeah. We have a bunch of other stuff that we're doing. Like I, I'm gonna if if I can watch it for free the week between Christmas and New Year's, I'm gonna. Um, right. and, and I'm, I'm so happy y'all are going to go see it in theaters, but I got so annoyed by that narrative that it was like, I, I caught myself kind of like transferring some of that, that sour, that sourness to, mm -hmm. I was like, eh, hey, I'll watch it when I get to it. Like, you know what I mean? I was kind yeah. of annoyed by that. Um, in terms of the movie itself, I, I think I went in with really, really, really high expectations. Uh, not even necessarily that it was going to blow me away, but like this, the way that Knives Out says, ooh, this is a whodunit, and then 25 minutes in, they tell you whodunit, and then it just becomes a different movie. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, how is he going to do that this time? Um, yeah. And honestly, I wasn't wrong. He did it a little later in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I think because of that, I'll be honest, that did take some of my enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um, I kind of, if I'm being honest, I thought it would be a stronger move to subvert our expectations by not subverting our expectations for once. Yeah, like, like M. Night for did. once, just make yeah. a movie. Like you the way M. I mean? Night like, was like, was like twist ending, twist ending, not twist ending. Like he was like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, like it is. You're right. You're right. And I wonder I if he'll do that with the next one. With the next one, I wonder if he'll. I mean, he didn't do it with Star Wars. Like I don't know why he would do it with it. You know what I mean? But I, I don't mean. I'm just being honest. Like with a with a massive franchise that had a right. lot of expectations, he didn't. So I'm like, I kind of just think that's what he does. And I don't like. I appreciate that about him. Like he gives us really original films because of it. Yeah. I, I I loved Glass Onion for the record. I'm I, I'm sounding very yeah me too uh, uh, turned off to it right now. But um. But yeah, I, I couldn't have had higher expectations because of this cast. I, I dare say, like, it's really hard to say that, like, we beat the last cast from Knives Out with I this know. one. But, like, dude, that cast was unbelievable. And this cast is, like, just unreal. Again, you're like, how the it hell do, does he pull this off? Um, and so, yeah, I was I was also very excited to see uh, if and how Noah Segan would pop up in this one. Yeah. Uh, and I, ha yeah. I have thoughts about if and how he popped up in this one as well. Uh, we'll, we can get to that. I'll save some of those yeah, thoughts. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I went in with very high expectations. I don't want to say 100% like which ones were met and which ones weren't. But wh right. wh where were you at with all of that? And I'll also say like um, that the, we're not going to spoil the actual plot of this movie, but we are going to no. talk pretty in depth about some stuff like we did with the Knives Out. We're not going to like give away the ending to mm -hmm. the mystery of it, but we are going to talk about some explicit details of it. So if you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix for free, just like Dave said. Um, so yeah, for, for me, I, I, I had a hard time getting excited about it. I was going to go see it in the theater. I don't think I don't think I realized it was only going to be in the theater for like a week. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to wait a little bit. I really wanted to go to see it in the theater. I think it's just one of those things where it's hard to it's the it's the um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 effect where I'm like, I think if I didn't see the first one, I would have liked the second one. Um, but like, it's just the second one all over. It's the first one all over again. Why don't I like it? Why why do I need something new and different each time when I'm when the reason I like the first one is you know what I mean like I I yeah I want the same thing. I get annoyed when people change up things sometimes, and I get annoyed when they do the same thing. And I and I'm willing to call myself out on on that like double standard. I don't know what that is though because I, I I'm similar to you. I want to agree with you on that. At the same time, I've loved every John Wick movie. Not one mm. of them has let me down. I'm tired of people going, "We don't need another John Wick movie." I've said it. Yeah, no, we don't need uh, McDonald's either. But like, get over it. What do you mean we don't need? We're in America, dude. We don't need anything <laughs> we have here. Yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so with that whole deal, I'm like, there there are some franchises that I go. They keep delivering the same thing, 
And I'm just happy. I'm just like, dude, I'll keep devouring yeah, it. And I love yeah. it. Um, and then there are others that I think find new ways to surprise us. Like, uh, I, I hate to compare the two right now, but like Top Gun Maverick mm-hmm. took something that was very familiar, yeah. gave us the same thing, but found a, a way to like elevate. I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure if I feel like Glass Onion did that or not. I, I really yeah. enjoyed Glass Onion. It's a great movie, but I'm not sure if it Top Gun Mavericked me in terms of like That's a good point. the leap, you know? Yeah, That's it, a it makes me think about like, one of my favorite uh, franchises right now is the Mission Impossible franchise, and I don't, mm. I don't need it to be anything other than what it is. Like, yeah. it's it's fun to watch what the next crazy thing is going to be that they're going to do. Crazy, there's always one crazy stunt. Like, mm. I can't tell you the plot of any of those movies, and I've seen them three times all the way through. But is yeah. is and I I think with this. I really went in being like, just let it be fun. Like, let it be yeah. like kind of like funny, clever. And I just wanted to watch Daniel Craig be this character again. Cause I, I think this character is really fun. Yeah, And that was super it, fun to watch. He absolutely. On that. And it was and 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 very, I think he's even more Benoit Blanc in this than he was in the first he one, really is. especially going back and watching knives out again. Like he's, he's way more like childlike. It, you really do see that the, this world is just a giant like crossword puzzle for him. And he's like, mm-hmm. just interested in like, his brain being lit up because we see him yeah. at the beginning of this like playing like uh he's playing the video game among us with with a bunch of you know there's so many cameos in this it's insane but like w- i don't want to spoil all of them but like with a bunch of like known mystery solver people <laughs> um and and that that game among us is one that my kids love which is like it's like who's the who's the who, it's where like oh that's who's sus comes from or whatever it's like who's who's the who's the imposter you have to like guess yeah. who the imposter is it's kind of it's so crazy how there are a lot of video games now there's some in Fortnite there's some in in Among Us which are literally just games that I used to play when Night Church would let out before mm-hmm. my parents could leave church where we were running around the lawn playing like yeah you know all these different games um. They're now in video game form. It's, it's all iteration, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all it is. But anyway, so coming into this movie, I, I, I if you just watch it, it's like I want to watch a fun mystery. That's just let it unfold and be what it is. It's it's super fun. It delivers on that. It level. is super fun with that. Now I will say to you can you can stop me if you're not ready to jump into this yet. But you touched mm. on how Let's Benoit go. Blanc is in this movie. We see a little bit more of his childlike the fact that like the world is a puzzle. So yeah, it opens up. That doesn't open up, but when we see him first in the movie. He's in the bathtub. He's all depressed. He's playing among yeah. us. And it, I, I don't know if they're alluding to the fact that because of COVID or something like that or whatever, but like I think so, something, yeah. something about like, hey, he's been locked indoors for a long time now. He hasn't had a mystery to solve and he's like depressed because of it. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting. I will say like I'm, I was a little and then you hear a knock at the door and it's like, hey, someone's at the door. They've got a box for you. And you're like, okay, so he's also getting a box. We just saw all of these other A-list celebrities um, get a box and get invited to someone's birthday party. The box was a puzzle they had to solve, and it invited them to some party, and now there's a box for him at the door. There's someone at the door with a box. Um, That was cool. I The movie never comes back to the fact that Benoit Blanc is like, who is this guy? He has a roommate or something. Uh, he lives with some or other a guy. boyfriend or husband or there's some kind uh, of thing. Hugh yeah, Grant. something. Yeah, I guess I I didn't I didn't pick up the fact that that was romantic. It totally could be, but yeah. whatever it is, I'm like I want to know about this guy. Like I think that's something that um, the Benedict Cumberbatch Holmes did really mm-hmm. well. Uh, is it gets into the fact that like like 
his relationships and how they're screwed up and what's going on with that and what like it really kind of dived it dove into the character a little bit more of like the fact that like uh and i mean robert downey jr's did a tiny bit in the sequel yeah of the sherlock holmes where it deals with holmes getting married and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff but like the fact that like this guy has made his work everything and if anyone messes with that or work isn't coming in or there's any change at all he's a little autistic and he kind of can't handle the newness of things he needs like this routine this like incessant routine so i would have loved to see a little bit more of that and i was kind of bummed that it never came back to what has this guy been doing since knives out literally sitting in this tub playing among us like why is he so depressed what is going on with him what is uh what are his relationships like i don't know i just was very interested in uh we've been using this like idiom a lot or this phrase this turn of speech but like the benoit blanc of it all you know what i mean like i want to know like what makes this guy take and we get to see like you can infer a lot about his character with the decisions he makes in this movie but they never go back and actually dive into that and i think Mm -hmm. i hope that we get a third movie for this and i really hope that he abandons it kind of feels like are are we already getting it yeah ryan johnson announced this week that his next movie is the next knife out knives out movie nice so i I really hope it kind of feels like an snl sketch where like you get drunk uncle and you're like oh my god drunk uncle was brand new on weekend update that was one of the best sketches ever bobby Mm -hmm. moynihan and then the second one comes along and you realize his whole interview with Colin Jost is the exact same thing. It follows the same beats. It follows yeah. everything. They just change yeah. words out. And I, I don't, again, I'm not trying to disparage this movie because it was excellent. It was expertly made, expertly yeah. written, expertly acted, but it was, it was, it also expertly followed the same template of knives out. Mm-hmm. And like, I really hope the third one abandons that and kind of dives into the Benoit Blanc character a little bit more and can still be quirky and heightened mm-hmm. reality and all that, but just give me more, you know, it is interesting how, how Ryan Johnson is kind of a, like not black sheep of the same JJ Abrams family, but he likes the mystery thing. He likes his, his films tend to be like original, but they also are like there it's refreshing, but also there is precedent, right? Which JJ Abrams did really Mm -hmm. well with his films where you're like, Oh, I've seen this before, but this, this feels fresh. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I, it's interesting how those two guys kind of like also worked with star Wars because there's, there is a level here of, uh, of Ryan Johnson, I I wouldn't put it past him if the next one is the like the one two three punch where it's like, oh I bet the next one's gonna be the same thing and then he really punches us with something which yeah. is like oh okay he was setting us up to mess with the audience to be like no this yeah. one is gonna really subvert expectations because we think we know what's coming now you get cocky because. That's a good point, because to be fair, he does a similar thing that they do in Knives Out, where they go, okay, it's all going to be about this, and then halfway through the movie... Uh, a, a little, maybe a little more than halfway through this time, yeah. they kind of reveal, hey, here's what's actually happening, like they yeah. did in Knives Out, and it was a little, a little different. I didn't see sure. it coming the way that it came. Mm-hmm. That that little, there was some stuff that like caught me off guard, um, but in spirit it was the same thing so i could see him saying like oh i'm gonna change i'm gonna tweak it and then yeah. the third one hopefully is is actually different i hope it, that's the it case it feels like it's not beyond ryan johnson to play the long game with the audience you know yeah it'll be interesting to see but that definitely seems to be the next one he's gonna make um and it, it's nice. really it's really fun to see all these people together this movie uh, um like david said really the, 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 the cast is completely stacked janelle monet Catherine hahn leslie odom jr uh, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, and then led by other than Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, who plays this kind of like 
Elon Musk type tech genius man person who it seems very of the now it's what I wonder if one of these, if this is going to be like, if it's going to age very well, or if it's going to be one of those things mm. where it's like in, curious, 10 year, yeah. in 10 years going to be like, Oh, this is very 2020 or 2021. Um, Cause the pandemic has mentioned like just everything about it is very like, not that you can't have that time put in a time capsule, but it is crazy. We're only three years out from the beginning of COVID, not even yet, and in, uh, in America, and it's crazy to think like just the just March to June of 2020 feels like when I think about kindergarten, where it's like, oh, it was so wholesome. We were just all at home, you know. We were watching John Krasinski make a YouTube show, and like it was just the weirdest. It's weird to like think back at that yeah. time. And th- this movie is just kind of a, a movie of that moment. Um, but I mean, like Knives Out feels timeless. This feels like a little bit more of a time capsule just because of all the the circumstances that brought these people to this island, which yeah. is which is like the the plot of the movie. So all these people get a box. It's it's a mystery box invitation to come to this island, this private island, which tech billionaire, um, you know, disruptor, uh, self self-described disruptor, quote unquote, played by Edward Norton. And you find out as it comes, as it goes along that all these people who like, how the hell do they know each other have all kind of started their careers together in various ways where they all met in this bar, like seemingly during like college or something. And then, and then they've all gone on to do something significant in their careers. You know, uh, Catherine Hahn is a, is like a far left political figure, politician, um, seems to be like maybe, but not really. Uh, AOC just seems to be like kind of in the, in that realm. Um, yeah. And then Leslie Odom Jr. is a scientist. Um, uh, Kate Hudson is this like just vapid influencer, <laughs> like just like the worst person you've ever, but an the aging worst. vapid influencer. So almost like an elder Kardashian type where she so used great to be to hot see shit. her though, man. It so really, great to see it her. really is. And it's so her funny. And Edward she, Norton. So fun. No joke. And the fact that she is in this movie as an aging like former it girl is insane because she looks incredible. Like it's this, <laughs> this yeah. woman isn't insane. Um, uh, but I understand like, you know, and also she used to be like, there was a point in time where she was the it girl, like in the early two thousands post almost famous. Like, and so, so and she plays it fantastically. Dave Bautista is kind of this like right wing kind of like Andrew Tate ish kind of like red pill theory yeah. kind of YouTuber. Um, and they're all just kind of like coming together. And then Jan- Janelle Monet is the is Edward Norton's kind of former partner, and they've had a falling out. Um, to to put it lightly, I have to say, dude, I cannot get enough of Janelle Monet. Right? I like every time I see her. She used to be in an Apple HomePod commercial, mm-hmm. um, and like just her dancing to some song in that, I was like, who on earth? She, she is, is like magnetic. so unique and arresting. And I don't even want to make it sound like we talk about attractive women on this podcast a lot. We just I don't even mean it in that way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I don't even mean it in that way where I'm just no, like, oh, God, I'm like, no, there's something so Her energy, man. Like magnetic is a great word, but I'm 100%. just like, I, I can't figure it out. And I don't know why she doesn't do more. I don't know if she's turning things down or what the deal is. Yeah. But it was so fun to see her. This It seemed like such an interesting casting choice to me. You know Absolutely. what I mean? With like all of these, like uh, this mix of very uh, like the Dave Batistas and the mm-hmm. Kate Hudson's and the Edward Norton's and the like, it seems like a mix of like very relevant people right now. Yeah. Dave Batista yeah. wants to stop being Drax. Yeah. And also a bunch of like formerly, I mean, currently, but also like formerly like beloved box office Titans. 
and getting them all together for mm-hmm. like it's it's Ryan Johnson has kind of found the right way to do movies like Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve where they just crammed all these stars totally, in them, you know, totally but it's call. actually good. And Janelle <laughs> Monet, kind of like Anna de Armas a little bit in Knives Out doesn't quite fit that same bill. Mm-hmm. But again, she does fit the same bill of like, oh, my God. This person is gorgeous and so magnetic and mysterious and interesting, and I don't see them in a lot. And yeah. so anyway, it was so fun to see her in this role. Like, I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. No, 100%. There's something about her that also, like, <laughs> this This doesn't happen very often, but she is so good on screen that, like, about three-fourths of the way through, I remembered, oh, she's a musician and a yeah. badass musician. She's incredible. Yeah. She's like, an like, unbelievable. It is, it is rare that you, you know, there's not a moment in, like, and I think Lady Gaga is a good actress, but there's not a moment in any movie that she's in where I'm, I forget that she's Lady Gaga, you know, but Janelle yeah. Monae is so truly herself, but the fact that she is a true triple threat and can kind of do it all, it's, it's just, it truly is. It's, it's a hearkening back to a time when like of the Fred Astaire, when you had to be a Hollywood star, you had to be a triple threat. You had to be able to sing, dance and act. Yeah. And it just, you know, we lost that somewhere along the way and every once in a while I'll get it back with like a Hugh Jackman or something, but she is like a true, true, true creative. If you want to dive Absolutely. down the rabbit hole, start with Metropolis, the chase suite. It's an EP she put out in 2007. And then in 20, she put up a bunch of great stuff in between that and this one. But in 2010, she put out a record called the arc Android, which mm. was this absolutely bonkers concept album thing. Like she just, she could just be a really, really great, soul or pop artist or something like that and she doesn't she comes out with these weird theatrical Mm -hmm. concept albums that are like i think she has a theater background Um, i honestly i'm just gonna say it and my throw it out there and see what what we think but i i just had this thought i was like i think she is has the ability to be like the kanye that all of us want kanye to be yeah like she is she is just a creative yeah, and, her, and, her I, she did an iTunes festival set too. I think it might have been the same mm. year that Ed Sheeran did his, where he broke out like crazy. Yeah, um, twenty twelve or twenty thirteen or something like that. And it's just like, what is this? Like, who is yeah. this? It's insane. she's so inventive, and mm. it, it really is it refreshing, magnetic. Like, she just is. Like, I don't have a reference point, but at the same time, like, she feels like she came out of a different time, but also of the future. Yeah. Like she, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's this 100%. weird. She's this futuristic, like Billy. Uh, what's her face? What's Holiday. That? Thank you. Um, anyway, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Holiday. Well, a little clueless reference for y'all. Um, but yeah, super interesting. So they all they all get this box, um, and they solve this crazy puzzle. You have to solve mm-hmm. this insane puzzle. And when you get to the center of the puzzle, there's an invitation to a party that says, "Hey, you're invited to my birthday party where you're going to solve my murder." Um, yes. And the only person who gets the box and does not solve it is Janelle Monae's character. She gets it and she immediately beats the shit out of it with a hammer and just breaks it open <laughs> and grabs the thing yeah. out yeah. and just gets straight to the message. And then uh, we see a knock on Benoit Blanc's door. We hear, "Hey, there's someone at the door with a box for you." And the next thing we see, they're all on the island. And really interesting, he shows up and Edward Norton's character introduces everyone, welcomes them all to the island and everything, and then pulls Benoit Blanc aside and says, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? I got a box. And he's like, I didn't send you one. And he's like, well, I got one. And he's like, okay, well, someone here must have sent you theirs yeah. after they solved it or something like that. Um, so I guess, I don't know, I'd like some, someone else is up to something. I guess stick around, see if you can solve my, my murder mystery thing. Yeah. And he's basically planned, he's on his own island. 
Um, he owns his own island. That's it's this weird, crazy, futuristic Steve Jobsy egomaniac thing. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, I've completely sent all of the help home. There's no cooks. There's no chefs. There's no butlers. There's no. There's no one here. Um, and yeah. all we're gonna do this weekend is solve my birthday murder mystery. Um, and then as that announcement is happening, uh, our bud uh, Noah Segan. Oh. In like flip flops, we knew and- it. <laughs> we knew he was coming. Yeah. I was so excited. It took me a minute. It took me a minute. It was literally when he was walking like off screen, yeah. where I was like, "Yeah," <laughs> and it was only because you you told me that he makes an appearance, and I was like, "I kind of knew he would." Yeah, because I told you I was Ryan excited Johnson. to get your take on it. But yeah, he literally just walks. Oh. He says, "I've sent everyone home off the island," and then he just walks past. He goes, "Oh, except for him, uh, he has nothing to do with this weekend's festivities." <laughs> and it's just this random guy. They're like, "Who is that?" And he's like, "He's just some guy who lives here." Yeah, and like that's it. And he just goes, "Hi guys," and he just and walks it's off. True, <laughs> and it's true. That's what's so great about it is you're like, okay, he's going to come back into play. Nope, he's nope. just some dude. No backstory. He's just some dude. Yeah, that's the closest thing to a spoiler you'll get this entire yep, deal is you literally get to the end of the movie and you're like, God, hey, what the so fuck good. was up with that one guy? You're like, nothing was up with that guy. He literally was just some guy that had nothing to do with anything that uh-huh. just walks through, through, walks into the frame every now and then on the deal. Which <laughs> and he I'm, I'm glad you brought that incredible. up because I wasn't sure if we could say that because I didn't, I, I kept wondering like, oh, what is he going to have to do with the mystery right. or with the, and he, he never does. That was a little bit of a letdown for me. But at the same time, I want to know your thoughts on that because, again, we talked about this a lot on the Knives Out thing, the fact that Mm -hmm. Noah pops up in every Ryan Johnson movie, um, how well he does in all of them. I know it was was basically a cameo in The Last Jedi, but in Knives Out, like, he gets laughs in every scene he's in, and he's going up against, Mm -hmm. like, Hollywood A-listers, and he's he's magnetic. He's holding the screen. Truly. And it felt a little... I don't know. I was a little let down at the like. Now he does that again. His character is amazing in yeah, this movie. Yeah, he, so every time he comes on the screen, everyone's cracking up. He gets but like, I don't know. I it was a little like, eh, a little underutilized. Yeah. I kinda, do you think I that feel, has to do with the fact that we we do feel kind of closer to him because we got to spend time with him at Fantastic Fest? You know, is there an el- element of like I want more Noah Segan? I mean, there's definitely more of him in Knives Out than in this film for sure. Maybe I mean, like even at Fantastic Fest, I remember you being like, "Oh, because you knew more about his background than I did." Yeah, and you telling me about like, "Yeah, I think they were college sweetmates, all this stuff." Blah sure. blah. blah. Um, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And you're like, "Yeah, he's in all of his movies." He's in-. so I think like either way, knowing that fact, I would have kind of been like, "Oh, he didn't really do much now." Yeah, I mean, he was in it. But I don't know. It just felt a little bit like, come on, dude. Like he's on screen with like Ed Norton and Janelle Monet and Dave Batista and Kate Hudson. Like, let the guy run a little bit. And at the same time, like it works. Like he gets he laughs the in every he- single scene. And now I, I it's it's really strange because he has more screen time on Knive, in Knives Out, but this is the movie that people will remember him from because he, yeah. he stands out because of the, the character is more memorable. Every yeah, because because he has these little pop ups and people remember that. Oh, he's that, that that stoner dude who's just like on the beach and then has his own little like he pops up like three times I think. Um, in in the final his final appearance is my favorite. Like his, with yeah. him, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not spoiling, uh-huh. but yeah, it, I, uh, it's amazing. That I'm also going to. I can. I'll just ad- admit, unless I do Carmi from the Bear again out of pure laziness, I will probably be his character from Glass Onion for Halloween next year. Oh, because yeah. because it's just like yeah, I'm just gonna dress comfy and like wear a wig or some shit. That sounds awesome, you know. Yeah, no, that that's it. I mean, if you want to 
to get his attention ever. That was the way to do it. Um, it's such a great. <laughs> I mean, I'm like dead set on that. I saw that. I saw That's some perfect. account that was posting about his fashion. Someone was like calling out that character, saying like he was some kind of fashion icon or whatever. And I was like, dude, his clothes actually do look hella comfortable. Like <laughs> I could really totally does. do that for like yeah. buy a poncho and some gaucho pants and just be whatever that guy's name was from Glass Onion. Yeah. Wait, what was his name? I got to look it up now. Uh, I don't know if they ever say. Daryl. <laughs> Which is the perfect name. And, it, and it's spelled, I'm looking it up right now. It's spelled D-E-R-O-L. Daryl. <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? It's so funny. It's such a funny, like, Ryan Johnson little. I, I wonder what the story behind that is. Like, it just shows that, okay, that guy was definitely like a tech bro. Like Daryl yeah. spelled D E R O L. He was definitely like a Silicon Valley guy who met who, who met Edward Norton's character Miles Braun along the way, and he he just either knows something about Miles Braun that he's like keeping him close, or he's just like one of his bros. Like maybe they were college roommates, you know, or something. The other thing I wonder is like, is there is there an element of this where it's just like, hey, I really wanted Noah in Glass Onion. It was during COVID. He mm. was like, I don't know, was he shooting uh, blood relatives around the same Possible. time or something? And he's like, hey, I don't have much time. He goes, here's the deal. Give me one day. Give yeah. me one day, and in like three hours, we'll shoot all your scenes. You know what I mean? It's possible. And he was just like, just to squeeze him in, I did that because there was some kind of scheduling conflict. And he's that been would make me movie. feel a lot better. I wonder if it, I mean, one day we'll ask him because we're going to manifest the shit out of that and have him on. But uh, yeah. he, but also like, you his hair was, talk about blood relatives. His hair was long in this, and his hair is long in blood relatives. So it's very possible. It's more slick back in blood relatives, but maybe, maybe it was I a lot know. shorter in blood relatives, though, wasn't was it? it? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, more in his like face. shoulder length in this. Is it okay? I don't know. I think I'm just so. trying. I'm trying. Wrong. I'm trying to timeline it. Yeah, it's like shoulder length in this movie. I just assumed it was a wig. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's just COVID. I, I, I want to keep talking about. I just want to have uh, this episode just be. What if we had a glass uh, episode that's just about Daryl Noah Sigan's character? Over there, there is an Instagram account called Bamf Style. Uh-huh. Uh, B-A-M-F, which stands for Badass Motherfucker. Yes, it does. Uh, Thanks, Bamf do, Style. Dane Cook. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, Bamf style, and they have a post about the undisputed king of minding his own business. Laid back Daryl, by Noah Se- played by Noah Segan, spends Glass Onion unbothered by the murder mystery and the disruptive trauma unfolding around him. And they just get into like how cool his style is and all the stuff that he wears. That's so funny. <laughs> so go check that out, y'all. And don't steal my uh, Halloween costume. Halloween idea. Or do. Yeah. Actually, and follow, everyone do. And follow Kid Blue on Instagram. That's Noah's. Yeah. Um, uh, go watch this movie. We're going to keep pumping it out. Um, okay. So we, we have this interesting idea. So we have it, it which is, is a classic mystery trope. It's like, we have just like knives out, we have all these people and they they have to be here. You know, they can't yeah. leave same way as knives out. Like they're, they're stuck in this house for the time being, cause they're being interrogated or whatever. Um, yeah. and then, and then I don't know how much to talk about it, but like, it is interesting how, Benoit Blanc is there. He knows that it's a mystery that he's there because um, Miles tells him. And, and he seems just completely, he plays this role of like, he is just absolutely like, oh, shucks, sir. I'm so bowled over by the idea of like, a, you know, this car is amazing. And this is just, I've never been on an island before. Like he's playing into Miles Braun, Edward Norton's character's like ego of like, show me your world, sir. Yeah. Um, in such a like, Away, but it, it's interesting because Daniel Craig plays 
Benoit Blanc as a little, he kind of is a childlike wonder. Like he loves mysteries and he loves being here. Like he has so much fun. There's a great moment where he just shows how good he is at solving mysteries at at the table, which is so good. I wish we could give that away. I know, but it's just so satisfying. It's so funny. I laughed like the entire time. As soon as I saw what they were doing, I was like, Oh my God. It's incredible. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a moment where he solved something that isn't meant to be solved and he does it unbelievably quickly. It's I was gonna so ask good. you, you watched like uh the the new rock stars breakdown of, of knives out. Did you watch the one for this? I didn't know. I didn't either. But like there, there's a lot of things you mentioned in the knives out breakdown. Um, Eric Voss is fr- uh from New Rock Stars, go watch that. Then mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, every you talk you talked about knives out, everything that's mentioned nothing is mentioned in passing it all kind of lines yeah. up and there's stuff in this i'm sure that does the same thing oh absolutely that I'm missing but even like stuff where it's like he talks about how miles braun is like gonna he he went forward with this this idea of this like hydrogen-based alternate fuel mm-hmm. called clear with a k <laughs> which is so dumb um it's gonna launch and the whole island is powered by it and they're like what this wasn't tested and then that comes back, you know, like to be, you yeah. know, there's just certain things like that. Um, yeah. I, I realized something while we took a little bit of a break before we started doing this episode that I, I think I couldn't put my finger on why this didn't do it for me as much as Knives Out did. And I think it because it's because of Triangle of Sadness hmm. and, and the menu. So those yeah. two movies we talked about seeing at Fantastic Fest, those, if you push those two movies together, it kind of, it's Absolutely. kind of glass onion ish. It fits the same realm. And I think those movies did something, did it a little bit better or did it differently in a way that pleased me, I guess. And I can say better. I think this is an amazing movie, but triangle of sadness and, and the menu are like, uh, they're, they're masterpieces. Yeah. I, you know I what I mean? So like too. they are now, if there was a triangle of sadness too, and people got on a train <laughs> and then that train crashed, that would be like glass onion. Yeah. They all yeah. vomited on a train and then they got marooned <laughs> on some Island or something. That would be like what glass onion is doing where they're taking the same concepts and just kind of yeah. doing it again, doing it so well, but yes. like knives out, I think is a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece. It this is. one, so so is Glass Onion. If you take Knives Out out of it, you know yes. what I mean. But yes. keeping that in here, it's just harder to appreciate so many of the same things coming back to play. And I think you're a hundred percent right. The 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 spirit, the eat the rich spirit behind Triangle mm-hmm. of Sadness and the menu is the same spirit behind Glass Onion. If if Knives Out was talking about the need to you know disrupt this generational wealth and this whole idea of like uh, legacy and the power that is passed down from father to son and perpetuated mm-hmm. that way, race and all of that kind of stuff. And the way that plays out um, glass onion very much. So is, is, is the message behind that is um, I think like uh, in influence and power and money, kind of this, mm-hmm. uh, this idea of corporate greed manifested though, through individuals, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Less so corporations and more. So it's less, if you, if you're talking about corporate, corporate greed, it's less about Apple and it's more about Tim cook. If that makes sense. You yes, know what I mean? Totally. It's more about the, the men and women behind these things, what motivates them and how ultimately all of them, are selling out what they ever did believe if they ever believed anything just for any level of influence they're willing to influence people towards something that they don't believe in in any way shape or form just so that just 
in in and in, in order to have any kind of influence so you they know can I mean? say that they had influence so they so they can yeah. feel like they matter like they matter be the here. ones in power yeah do you want yes. do you want to be in power and be able to influence people towards something you don't believe or yes. do you want to stay true to your convictions and have no power or influence yes. and it's kind yeah. of that thing so it's like there's very much there's similar but different uh veins and stuff like that and there's mm. no way that ryan johnson could have known that the menu and triangle of sadness were going to come out but i mean ultimately again i don't i'm not disparaging this movie but it is i think you're it's you're you're touching on a really good thing there because like we had first off we didn't just see triangle of sadness in the menu we saw them at fantastic fest yeah surrounded by other movie fans and had yeah. unbelievable screening experiences it was an experience for yeah. like singularly unique and excellent films and this is this is uh, this was a really good movie that was kind of like its predecessor that i watched on netflix and so mm-hmm. like it's gonna yeah. be that touched yeah. on a lot of the same themes you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so it's hard because it's like it's almost like um we talked about this i have a buddy who never saw almost famous and then he saw uh licorice pizza first yeah and then he was like oh it kind of gives me licorice pizza vibes and i was like that's blasphemy <laughs> that is blasphemy because almost yeah. famous came so much first and yeah. this is the opposite of that where i'm like yeah. this is kind of the yeah this is good it's giving me triangle of sadness in the menu vibes yeah you know yeah it, it very similar I and mean, that happens every once in a while i mean i'm not saying it's the same movie or anything um Mm-mm. but like you know but in 2005 2006 when the prestige and the illusionist both came out like both are good movies on their own i think the prestige is like a classic is incredible oh christopher yeah. nolan but like people didn't really see either because they're like oh you know mm-hmm. they're just like another magician movie yeah exactly and so this i i wonder and, and this isn't the same thing because i don't think the menu is a, as big or as a, as hyped up as glass onion is which i it deserves to be but it is it's just interesting and it's a fun era that we're in that these uh, you know these things start happening but even though even if knives out got greenlit because or if if the menu got greenlit because they're like if they we're like, hey, Knives Out was a huge hit. We're gonna throw a bunch of celebrities into like a, yeah. what do they what do they call it in community? Like a bottle episode, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, like essentially. And it's gonna be fun to see all these celebrities together acting together in a room the entire movie. You're you're like, oh yeah, okay. I think they surpass what Glass Onion was doing. You know, it's it's just, but it's a different yeah. movie. It, it feels I I really really am hesitant with comparing films sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm it's like, ah, uh, you know, it's not it's not the same thing. But I think because I saw those two movies. It really did like before I saw this one, I think it really did help. It it took me an extra beat or three or four to get on board with glass onion as it was going. Like I was judging it against yeah. those maybe unfairly, but still, I mean, to be honest, by the end of the movie, still, I was judging it against knives out. And then I don't think I realized it until you said that, but also triangle of sadness. In the yeah. Menu, you see what I'm talking about with right. that? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause it's, it kind of does the same thing. And, and, masterfully so you know yeah um but i don't know i don't know where i'm going with all of that um except to say it sounds like we didn't like this movie (laughs) we we like this movie. i know all we've done is say negative things about it and i really like i can't stress enough how much i enjoyed this movie it's so how much i enjoyed noah segan in this movie all the other actors and the writing and all that stuff and the the directing It's, it's just as good as any of yeah um it's just as good as knives out and i've been really excited to talk about it but yeah you're right the closer i get to it the more i go like uh, it's really hard for me to not admit that it left me wanting you know yeah for sure how do you feel about uh dave bautista as a, a, I, a it's i can't put my finger on what it is about him but yeah so he he was in another movie um i'm trying to think of what it was called he plays a cop and it was like is him it with trying to, like 
Yeah. And yeah. I I watched like 20 minutes of it and just couldn't. And I don't think yeah. it was his fault. It was just a shitty movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was he, he was not shitty in it. And dude, like rewatching even just the 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 Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, not rewatching, but watching the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Right. Like Drax plays such a huge role in it, and then yeah. he just basically came out and said he's glad that Drax dies in Guardians Three, which I was like, <laughs> "Thanks, I saw thanks, that. dude." I saw um, yeah, he's like, "I'm done playing Drax." Yeah, and so, um, which again, I guess a lot of people have said that, and they end up coming back. So who knows? Maybe he's who angling knows? for more money, Maybe. but um, it doesn't seem like it. it. Seems like he genuinely doesn't want to play Drax anymore, uh, and like he's done with it. And I'm like, he was like, he he said, "I want to be like a serious actor." And I don't know. Mm. It um, I get annoyed when people come out and say shit like that. Yeah, like, just do it. Stop telling us what you want to do and just go do it, dude. It's so unattractive. It's so ugly to like. Yeah. Like uh, it, it's back to it, and I don't just mean actors, dude. But like when LeBron held a whole press conference to say he was leaving Cleveland, I'm like who cares? Are you kidding yeah, me? I know this happens every year. People just do it and send out a tweet. Like you had to do a press conference and throw baby powder in the air. Like get over yourself, dude. And it kind of I'm just like, oh, I want to be a serious actor. Like okay, hey, just do it. Honestly, like you're a wrestler. Yeah. Who yeah. was lucky to be in a movie that he was great in? Yeah, we didn't. No one, no one is curious as to what your intentions are. Just go do them. Yeah, like just go. It's you're honestly you're making it harder for, and this is he doesn't deserve the tone that I'm giving him right now. Um, I'll say that, but that's what he's going to get from me and other people because initially when you go like, hey guys, announcement, I want to be taken seriously. Yeah. Okay. Well, who's going to be able to do that now? Who can take yeah. you seriously? Like when you come out, like serious people don't do that. Serious people just go do stuff. And I'm not saying he's a bad actor because I don't think he was a bad actor. I think he did really well in this movie. I think Drax yeah. is a hard character. I think comedy is harder than drama. So if, totally. he, if he was able to do what he was able to do as Drax, I think he could totally be a good dramatic actor if he sticks with it potentially. I've never really seen him in a, in a serious, like in a really good mm. dramatic role. Um, he has one coming up of oh. uh, the new M. Night movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. So, so we'll I'm, I'm curious to see him there. And there was another one where he plays an older person for a minute. Um, I want to say it was like Terminator or something like that. It was like one of the new. Ter- anyway, um, I can't. Okay. think of, We'll figure it out. But um, so anyway, all that to say, I don't know. I think serious people just do what they're going to do. I've had to learn yeah. that myself, even with creative projects. I've announced stuff. Me too. Dude, announcing something is the way to make sure it doesn't happen. Oh, dude, I like, made an entire trailer for a podcast about 1998 and haven't touched it a year ago. <laughs> so, uh, But you didn't post it, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't oh, remember yeah. that. Dude, I, I hyped it up, and then I imme- and then like two days later decided to move to Arkansas. And kinda, <laughs> things got I don't remember you posting that. Uh, yeah. I still think that's a great uh, Nobody podcast Nobody else did either. either. Yeah, we'll see. Um, TBD. <laughs> TBD. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just think announcing it. So I, I think he did a good job in this movie. I think he did a great job in this movie. If there were parts of his performance that I hated, excuse me, it's because I hated his, um, Alex Jones, Andrew Tate esque. Yeah. His little um, men's right activist YouTuber guy. Yeah. You hate the character, but that's him yeah. doing his job. You He's know what I mean? He's supposed to like, do that. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I wonder about this kind of stuff where it's like, <clears throat> is this going to be a thing later down the line when Dave Bautista, I don't know. He might have a very long career, but it's like one of those things where like, oh yeah, remember when Dave Bautista was like in everything? Yeah. Um, you know, but like when, when, uh, what's her face? Well, I guess she's still in stuff, but Tiffany Haddish, it's like she had, she had a moment there where she was literally in everything. And it's like, why are we, why are we putting Tiffany Haddish in everything? Because she had like a really great performance in, in one movie that 
caught everybody by surprise. And th- that is now captured in time where we're all like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember like, you know what else is captured in time? I don't like being negative, but is how distractingly god awful she is in the card counter. <laughs> Or the oh, counter? Is it. it the card counter or the is counter? Is that the Jake uh, Johnson movie? Uh, it's the um, what's his name? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Oscar Isaac. Oh yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah, dude, bad, pretty Nicholas. bad, pretty bad. Nicholas I love, I love Oscar Isaac, H. and I want to see that movie, but <laughs> that is my name. It's worth, it's worth watching. It was a really, it was a really uh, compelling, kind of difficult movie. Um, sure, but I mean, that's not me not recommending it. But it's just like distractingly bad like i don't understand how you're the director of that movie and you don't go hey guys we have to reshoot every scene that she touched Um, yeah because it is so distractingly awful and so all that to say i don't feel that way about david batista at all i thought he did exactly what he needed to do in this movie yeah and i don't dislike casting i have a little bit of attached to him because the whole like i'm done playing drags i want to be a serious actor i want to be taken seriously well then don't say shit like that dude just go just go be in serious movies or something i don't know because everything he does now, I'll be like, oh, is this his, his, his attempt at being serious? Oh, cool. Yeah. Neat. Well, like yeah. Adam Sandler didn't come out and go like, hey, I don't no. want to be, you know, uh, little Nicky forever. Um, yeah. He just made uncut gems and we were like, holy crap. Yeah. That was unreal. You know, or He's like been Punch Drunk two... Love. <clears throat> like, remember, like he came out of nowhere and did Punch Drunk Love and we were like, dude, do you what? remember Rain on Me? Or is yes. it Rain Over Me? Rain Over Me. I really like that movie. He's incredible. He was in insane it. in that. We He's haven't so talked about that it. enough. No one talks about that movie. He was I so know. Good, Thank you like, for mentioning that. I, I I was blown away. Him and Don Cheadle. I was blown away yeah. by him in that movie. Oh, so good. Uh, and and no one else been needed. Me. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I know we should do saying. an F on it. Ooh, that's a great one, actually. Um, nobody will listen to it because nobody remembers that movie. But I will. Talk, <laughs> uh, we should either do an episode of that movie or talk about it once while we, when we hang out. Um, let's either, let's do another way. podcast where we just talk about the movies we want to talk about because I don't know how many times we've been like, oh, we should, and then we're like, oh, no one's gonna watch that. Nobody's gonna watch that one. Um, uh, it also this is an interesting casting choice because I mean Catherine Hahn has played serious, more serious roles before, mm-hmm. but she is not particularly funny in this role like a, a known comedic actress you know that's so true i didn't think about um, that until but you she kind of right plays really she kind of just laughs. plays like a worry wart like she's just kind of like stressed the whole time um like one of the one of the funniest comedic comedic actresses we have um catherine hahn and so it's it's an interesting casting role Dude, but I don't know. there's catherine there's hahn like catherine hahn and we're the millers is like yes. the the Jason Sudeikis, uh, Jen Aniston movie, underrated. Um, Emma Roberts and who's the other kid? Will Poulter is that his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Poulter. Poulter. Will Poulter does the the left eye uh, rap from "Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls." <laughs> yeah. That every line he Catherine has Hahn, in that movie is golden. Will Poulter, dude, it really is, and he hasn't golden. done much comedy since then. I know, but dude, Catherine Hahn is one of the funniest like. She's married to Nick no one will ever, Yeah, I know it. Scenes that no one will ever quote because that movie is just not. It didn't. It didn't stick around in the zeitgeist, no. even though it's hilarious. Mm. It but is. dude, her scenes were amazing. Yeah, oh. she's so um, good. Like, but, when she's given like free reign, like because she even improvised a lot in Step Brothers, and she's amazing in Step Brothers. Like, she, yeah, she's she's a true force. So I wonder if this is worth if we can talk about this without it spoiling much. You tell me I'm trying to say it, and then we can can cut this out if you think so. Because to jump kind of like we did with Knives Out, to get away from the plot, just say it's an incredible movie. 
you're going to love it. If you are a person who watches things very actively and mm. is paying attention, you're going to be rewarded. If you're a dumb dumb like Dave, like me, <laughs> you'll be able to watch this and just love the movie. And it's like yeah. it's this is a phenomenal movie and everyone should watch it. The more we watch these movies, the more movies like these will get made. And so I want to support them. Totally. But to get away from the plot and get to some of the themes of this stuff, yes. I thought it was very interesting because like, I didn't really catch myself wondering too hard uh, how all of these people were connected to Ed Norton's character. But they are. It's interesting because you have like a politician, mm -hmm. a YouTuber, mm -hmm. um, uh, his former business partner in Janelle Monet. Mm -hmm. uh, help me out. Who are the other folks that are on there? Uh, Kate Hudson um, plays this like politically oh, incorrect former supermodel turned fashion designer influencer person. Leslie Odom Jr. plays a scientist for his company. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The scientists. But so you have all these people going like, how on earth are they connected to this like tech startup billionaire type yeah, guy? Like, yeah. what's the deal? And basically, at one point, I'm pretty sure it's Janelle Monet's character, if I remember, calls it all out and goes like, hey, here's why we're all. Can, can I just like zoom out for a minute and let you guys know what's actually happening here? Mr. Block, you're a detective, right? Can you spot the real thing this group has in common? Andy, come on. Oh, lying. Everybody knows who Lionel works for. That's no secret. And we know who bankrolled Claire's campaign. But when nobody, nobody would touch Bertie with a 10-foot pole because she went on Oprah and compared herself to Harriet Tubman. And spirit. Who do you think showed up as an angel investor in Sweetie Pants? Huh? And Duke. When Duke got banned from Twitch for hawking rhino horn boner pills to teenage boys. With zero rhino on those pills. Who do you think set them up in YouTube and used their media empire to promote the stream? That is the common thread here. Every single one of you is holding on for dear life to Miles Bryan's golden titties. And each of you, you'll stab a friend in the back to hold on. First question, before we even get into the themes of that and what Ryan Johnson is actually trying to say is, I, I'm curious, like, so you have an opportunity. You and I are both musicians. We've done a lot of creative things. Take this yeah. podcast even. Let's yeah. say we could be Call Her Daddy, right? We could be yeah. Joe, the Joe Rogan podcast mm -hmm. um, if we let some, like, uh, malicious, malintended billionaire. If we let Jeffrey Bezos pump millions into this podcast and say, I will make you guys the most influential thing ever. But when I need, when I have an agenda, I want you to push, when I have a message, I want you yeah. to get out to people when I have, or when I have something I want you not to talk about it, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to come calling yeah. and you are going to say, I'll say jump. You'll say how high, like, I would love to say, oh, no, I would never. Oh, my God. Oh, whoa, what? Right. right. I would never. It's very easy to say when there's no offer on the table. Right. Mm -hmm. But so it's, it's hard. I don't even know what I'm asking because I know you'll say like, no, I wouldn't. Or you'll say, yeah, I would. But like, it's kind of like there's no offer on the table. But that's a very interesting question to say, like, so would you rather just like live life in, in obscurity and wrestle to make ends meet like 99 percent of creatives in the world do? Or yeah. would you rather be catapulted to this place of extreme recognition and influence and all this other stuff, but know it was bought for you yeah. and that like nothing about your voice or your message contributed to your influence? This is what an age old this is an age old question. This is the devil's yeah. bargain at the crossroads. You know, this is like Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the devil went down to Georgia. This is like that scene in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like yep. this this is a in but it's a modern day version of that where it's like 
you, you will get on the offset, you will get everything that your dreams could even possibly like hope to accomplish. And then, mm -hmm. but what, what is it worth to you? You know, is it worth that you will eventually like, they will come a call and the Piper will come a call mm -hmm. and you, and you will have to pay him. Like, and, and I've thought about this a lot because, you know, you and I have been in the music industry enough to know, Oh man, That's how like, it works. <laughs> like, yeah, like it literally, like I've had friends like have giant parties because they got signed yeah. and then, and then five years later, they're like looking over their contract to see how they can get out of it because they're like, Oh, I don't get to do like, I get to finally get my music out there. It's technically my music, but they are telling me the label is telling me what I can and cannot sing about. And yeah, I, I'm yeah, mostly yeah. talking about Christian labels now, but yeah. it's like, Oh shoot. Now I'm stuck in this like 10 album deal. And I will never get it. I get to technically do my dream job, but the thing I want to talk about, I don't get to sing about. It's not real to me. It's just, I'm a mouthpiece now like that. I've, I've literally had friends do that. And I'm like, Oh man, I think I'd rather do. And then ask me to explain, can you just talk to me about like what being an indie artist is like right now? Like, God, what a dream. Um, like I would kill yeah, the you're like, well, no one, uh, promotes me for me no one books my shows <laughs> yeah, I do no one pays for my stuff like, i'm so exhausted like, dude <laughs> i'm so exhausted <laughs> by the end of promoting and booking shows that i don't even have time to write music because i'm like yeah i'm just like so it, it is it is that trade-off like you have to ask yourself at some point and like everybody in this movie even the people that seem like leslie odom jr's character and Catherine hans character which seem pure of heart they seem yeah. like they do have a conscience is revealed that at one point they traded in that conscience yeah yeah, yeah. for to, you know in, in or at very it, least agreed to agreed. in the future trade that con yes. that conscience in should he come calling well and the, yes. the other thing is i feel like within the glass onion realm it's a little easier to answer that question because they make it such an extreme case right right without getting into the details but like it's something that i've wrestled with even um we don't have to get into this a ton, but like there is a, well, I'll just say this. A lot of artists do this. Uh, you know what? I've got a perfect example. That'll be less incendiary. Um, 30 seconds to Mars has an entire documentary called go to war or something like yeah. that mm -hmm. uh, some, about them going to war with their record label and how like at one point he's sitting in there and he's playing this piano. And he goes, you know, what's crazy is I'm playing a song that I wrote right now. And we can't put it in the documentary because I don't own it. And everyone's like, oh, uh, poor guys. They're not. And I think the whole point of the movie was they never made a cent off of any of their album sales. Mm. They never made one cent off of their music. They made it off of touring and merch sales and stuff like yeah. that, but they couldn't do it on the other stuff. And I'll be honest, that that documentary pissed me off because um, the only reason 30 Seconds to Mars was 30 Seconds to Mars is because someone else paid for all their shit. Yeah. And so like I've also I've always wrestled with this. I'm not defending the music industry, but it becomes a harder thing, a harder pill to swallow, a harder question to answer when I see these these artists go like, this is unfair. This is my music, but they're saying they own it. And I'm going uh -huh. like, well, that's not how the world works. Technically, I, right now I am in quote air quotes my house right but i don't own this house some no. bank does some yeah. bank bought this house from some dude and i'm paying them yeah. so for me to go well this isn't fair they're kicking me out of my house dude you'd never finished paying for it yeah that's not your house well this isn't fair like those are my masters no they're not you mm -hmm. were a 16 year old girl you were a little hollywood star boy you were a whatever Jared when this Leto. label said <laughs> yeah you were 
you know, whatever you were when this label said, hey, we're going to pump tens of thousands of dollars into this and then probably hundreds of thousands to millions, depending on the artist, to promote you and give you a stylist and plan your tour and book your shows and pay all the other people and do all this other stuff. And you wouldn't be who you are had mm -hmm. we not done that. So like you don't own any of that. But when I see Gen Z on TikTok talking about these evil record labels and how they mistreat artists, um, that is that is a part of the story. Record labels are not good. <laughs> Record yeah, labels yeah. do not care Turns about out. artists. Yes. Uh, they're not great. However, they didn't trick anybody. Like they said, we will give you fame and stardom a shot at it, right? But we're going to own the stuff we pay for, yeah. which is entirely fair. So it's like, it's hard because in we there's all this new generation of young people coming up talking about how e labels are evil and i'm going to do it my own way and i'm going to and it's like hey i I'm, I'm for you and i want you to do it your own way and a lot of other artists have shown us that that's entirely possible the the, the macklemores have shown us that's possible sure. i'll say even more importantly there are a number of, of men that you and i know and women who have shown us that it's possible to be a very successful blue collar musician which i think is a more important thing to say hey yeah. if you don't want to be macklemore or beyonce you can make an entirely a uh, respectable, comfortable living as a full-time musician, you just aren't going to live in Beverly Hills. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's one side of it. But then it's like you have this extreme example in this movie where it's like, well, would you trade in your morals for influence and for blah, 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 and for blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, we kind of do that literally every day. We kind of yeah. like every single day, I don't know how many friends I have who have jobs that where they work at places where they can't post what they want to on social media because the job is saying, hey, you you represent this company, right? Mm -hmm. Or people straight out of college who can't do that because new employers are looking at your social media when you apply at a job to see what kind of person you are and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and so it's like, is, like, is there a difference? It's so easy to be like, oh, wow, these people are so weak. And I'm like, dude, we trade in our morals and our beliefs every mm -hmm. single day for a paycheck. A lot of us, not all of us. Uh, Nick, you're one of the few free ones. Uh, you're out there. <laughs> you're out there slinging your your opinions and hopes and dreams in a lot of ways. No, but I mean, like, you know, there's so many people who buy into um, some level of security and you trade in quite yeah. a bit from that. So anyway, I don't know what random tangent I'm going no, that, on here, but I think really it's really good. There's one very powerful question to ask. Would you? And I still think that's a question to answer because I, I'm not sure how I would answer it. To be either. honest, if you told me Spotify would pay you and I a hundred million dollars for our podcast and Jeffrey Bezos could tell us what not to talk about. Yeah, I, I need to have a serious conversation with my wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I know. No, dude, no kidding. Um, no kidding. I've been living to paycheck to paycheck for nine months. I'm like, you know yeah. what? That sounds pretty sweet. Um, because really all does. I hear is a hundred million dollars. I don't hear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll cross the other bridge when I get there. Um you know what I mean? It it, yeah. it seems it's like that thing where it's like you're going to get all this money and you're going to live comfortably, and then your but your art might be less effective because it's not coming from your like point of view. So you're not your well, heart's not yeah. going to be behind it. You know, it's it's like what that's there's your trade off. Like, do you want to do the thing on their terms or your own? I think it, it plays to our our need, especially as creatives, but as as men to be seen as legitimate. Like there's this like, Oh, this makes mm. me legitimate. If people see me as they don't know the, how the sausage is made, they don't know that some tech millionaire gave me a hundred million dollars. They just see me, a man with a hundred billion dollars going to the places, the clubs, That's an interesting the, the, you know, the, the car lots to buy like these fancy ass cars and stuff that like these dealerships and whatever, like the hundred million dollar people go to. And like, there, there's a certain level. There's so many of those people, like the trust fund kids or whatever they're, they, they, they're living these like lifestyles and stuff. And you're like, Oh man, they're so, 
cool, but like they they weren't handed that stuff. We talked about nepotism last week um, yeah. with Knives Out, but and I, I think Miles Braun, Edward Norton's character is a perfect example of that because the thing he keeps mentioning over and over again is that he wants to be mentioned in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. And yeah. I think that phrase is indicative of so specifically men because we have this obsession with legacy that like, I think that you have to ask yourself, what would you be willing? Like how deep is your desire to have your name mentioned in the breath of something iconic and to live forever as that? Would you be willing to trade literally your soul? Like, or like, whatever it is. And I think we've seen examples of people, especially in the music industry who or in, in history, uh, in the arts world in general, like who didn't get to live to see their, their art mm. reach its full potential. You know, like you, like Emily Bronte, there's all, there's all these people like that I learned about in lit class and stuff like that. It was like, Oh, they died. And then like, Sure. 75 years later, their stuff was found and then they were made into these icons. Well, and even, even modern like, well, folks like Jeff Buckley and you know what I mean? Absolutely, like, there's a lot yeah. of those guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a perfect example where it's like, okay, well, is it worth it to you if you don't get to experience the the spoils of the legacy? It's You kind of have to ask yourself because when I, when I think about that, my first thought, like I just said to you, is like, oh man, I don't have to worry about bills for a while. Not only that, like what can I do to that? I can put myself out there in ways where people will know who I am and I can hopefully have the longevity of a, of a career in so many different ways. And then until you're a few years down the line, it's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. by the way, you have to do it this way. You have to do this. You sign this contract, you sign this NDA, mm. all this stuff. You're like, Oh no, like I've, I've, I've signed myself up to live in this prison. I, I mean, I see the it, benefits of both sides. And then in this movie, it's interesting because you go a lot of the people, they're going like, well, I want to make the right decision, though, and I want to protect people and I want to what blah, blah, blah. But I can't because I'm beholden to this Miles character, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it makes me go like, well, are there do they really want to make the right decision or do they not want to be remembered as the people who are going to have made the wrong decision? Are mm. they ultimately this virtuous decision that they want to make to be good people and not do the things that Miles is asking them to do? Is that because of conviction or is that because they believe that this is going to blow up in his face? Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. And they don't want to be remembered. They don't want their legacy to be ruined. It's like there's kind of this like, are you really struggling with what he's asking you to do? Or are you just nervous that people are going to find out that you've been a phony this whole time? You know? <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of like image conscious, like, yeah, how is it going to look? I mean, they even like even with the um, Kate Hudson character, um, like she has we didn't talk about it yet, but like there she has a, a private a personal assistant on here that, that <laughs> is great in the movie. So um, fun. I wanna shout her out, played by Jessica Henwick. Um, and she I feel like constantly she has to stop her from you know, they're like they're very like aware of like, hey, this is how you're coming across. So everybody in this yeah. movie is very careful with their with their image and very image uh not more than conscious, they're just they're very aware of how they're presenting themselves and they're and they and it's very curated in one way or another. And, and it really does in a pretty cool way. And maybe it's very heavy handed. I don't really know because I didn't think too much about mm -hmm. this movie in this way. But like it's showing that every facet of our culture, be it everything from politics to science to the influencers to the, you know, everybody who has a different job in this is guilty of this it's all entertainment yeah, that's it's so all good. It's, it's all, all some kind of magic trick it's like so well everybody said, is thinking about it and we've seen that in the last six seven years with politics like trump just blew that wide open where it's like oh this is all like 
drama this is all like cinema mm. this is shakespearean sometimes yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And because it gets eyeballs on it and everybody's aware of that everybody has a publicist you know it, and it shows every branch of our like culture capital c um has a everybody's kind of guilty of it you know in one that's form so well or said it, it's 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 well said that like it's all entertainment and i think the other, yes. other thing is that everyone in every facet of that i didn't even think about that that's so obvious now but like politics science business uh yeah. social media and entertainment and things mm -hmm. like that are not just they're not motivated by conviction but they are completely beholden to and controlled by their image yes it's not even just like uh something they have to worry about it's like no every mm -hmm. decision i make revolves less around or completely not at all around my beliefs and convictions and a hundred percent around my image and the perception of me you know yeah and even like um the character whiskey who is who is the girlfriend of of dave batista's character and then we see also has some stuff going on with miles Braun's character mm -hmm. like you she is seemingly pure of heart i don't really know i don't really know if that's the way to say it but like she seems to be she seems to be the only one there who is absolutely upfront with what she's doing like she's like yeah i'm here like i'm yeah, i'm just on yeah, his yeah, i'm true. on his twitch channel you know as the assistant or whatever but i have all these plans she tells like janelle monet's character like i have all these plans to do this this is she's very upfront about it and we she's we like that system we yeah. like those people you know like even the kardashians to a point where they're like oh yeah like we're gonna use this thing the you know kim kardashian sex tape was one of the first viral things they'll be like oh cool well i'm going to use this to build you know yeah i buys on me cool um now watch all the things i can do there's just like every opportunity it doesn't matter where it came from is an opportunity to do to build something on it and she's like yeah i mean i'm a i'm like a assistant on a twitch channel now i'm a hot girl on a twitch channel now but like this is where i'm gonna stay this is just a climbing the ladder and and like drinking off the teat of a miles Braun, it, like everybody's kind of doing that but everybody's like acting like they're not doing that in, in a in a way in this movie and and she's she's the only one that's just kind of like yeah that's that's <laughs> wait that's not what we're all doing here um so in a way it's it's like the same thing where it's like if if you match with some uh, some dude on tinder and he's like yeah i'm a fuck boy like that's what i'm about you like i have more respect for that guy than somebody who's like playing like oh i might it's get so married true, one day i don't know and then ends up being a fuck boy and just using people it's, it's so like, true it's much more respectful respectable and admirable to just be authentic and transparent and that's one thing that none of these people are because they don't want to blow their chance with the one guy in their friend group that has all the money so they put up with mm -hmm. all his ridiculousness and just kiss his ass the whole time um which daniel craig's like benoit blanc like has nailed from the beginning but he doesn't show his cards like like yeah. always dude i will say too to, to and i don't want to jump out of the theme stuff too much but um the way we talked about how knives out tells you the first 25 minutes they ruin the the surprise yeah this movie does it quite a bit later into the movie mm -hmm. i will say i just didn't like the way he did it in this movie like when they reveal, really? hey, here's here's this other thing that's going on. Yeah, I was like, ah. okay. Like I never, I felt that in Knives Out. I think I happened? said it. Like when they show you how uh, Harlan Thromley dies in yes. Knives Out, and I was like, oh no! But this, I was so invested. Now mm. I'm not going to be as interested, and I was yes. wrong. As yes. the movie went on, I was like, no, I'm still very. It gets interested. really good. Yeah, it gets really good in this movie when they go, hey, here's what you thought was happening. Happening. Mm. Here's what's actually happening. I never recovered from my oh like really? i still i still really enjoyed the movie after that point but i i couldn't get over that pang of like i don't like 
this as much as I liked what yeah. I thought this was about a second ago, if that makes sense. Did you have that feeling or did you really enjoy that? No, I mean, I, I didn't think one way or another. I just was like, oh, this is what they're doing. And, and it's kind of neat because they show you kind of the first part of the movie again from different mm -hmm. angles. And you're like, oh, okay. Which yeah, is, that was, is, it was well it, done. It's it's neat to a degree. And you're like, oh, I understand some things now that we're kind of like, wait, what was that? Um, they put together more of the pieces for sure. But I don't know. It didn't hit me one way or the other. There, there, there were parts of it this time versus knives out they were just a little bit more unbelievable yeah which it was a, I, it was a little I had more... to, i'll say that with the, here's my here's my big thing with glass onion i had to remind myself it's just a movie you're watching a movie dude it's fine yeah with, yeah, not, yeah, with yeah, knives yeah. out i was like this feels like this could have actually happened or i was it felt like in a cozy agatha christie novel you could have read yes. this felt like a big goofy movie kind of yeah we whereas like, like, it's like a movie, so let it go so did Triangle of Sadness, but it, totally. it, it, it Triangle of Sadness lets you know very blatantly we are mm -hmm. satire. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, the menu kind of does something somewhat similar. I do. I do think it's very interesting. Uh, the there's there are parallels here in the last act of Glass Onion and the menu, right? Uh, which I thought were really fun. Is it too much of a spoiler to say that um, Miles, what's his last name? Bron. Miles Braun gets his wish uh, to have his name mentioned in the same <laughs> sentence no, of the Lisa. Should no, I cut that I out? Love, nope, nope. It's true. Okay. He does get his wish, and you'll we'll have to watch it and see how. But like, I, that was that was pretty cool. I, I, when that I saw was, that, that's I saw that coming. Like mm -hmm. when they when they're when you see how it's about to happen, you're like, oh, he's about to get his wish. That's I didn't know it how was that was going to come about, but yeah. And that's for uh, for all of our critiques about it. Oh, I wish we had something new. Like I yeah. could have never made a movie anywhere near this good. And no. the writing really was great. The writing was great. Like little things like that. Like, well, he got writer. his wish. You know, he really yeah, is truly. Um, a couple of little fun things that I wanted to point out. Like there are a ton of like a ton of cameos in this movie, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to spoil all of them because some of them are fun. But I will say because he is a recurring person on this podcast and in your life. Uh, mm -hmm. Ethan Hawke shows up. Yeah. And he looks so random. So random. And he looks so cool. Like he has long hair. Like he's just, he's apparently Miles Braun's assistant, which I think is so funny. Um, but yeah, I, I love to see Ethan Hawke in this role. Um, Cause usually he's just like this. I don't know. Like there was something about him just being very like uniform. Like he's, he's credited in the credits as efficient man, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny to me. Um, and another thing that I didn't know, and I, I know, so Noah Segan, our buddy shows up in every Ryan Johnson movie, but so does Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he does a little bit more covert because Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, doesn't That's have such as much time. Good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you know his, how he shows up in this movie? I don't know this one. We didn't talk about it in Knives Out, but yeah. he is. Um, there's a scene where Marta at the beginning of the movie, mm -hmm. she's like watching some movie on her laptop. Yep. And someone shouts something out. And that was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's voice. Yes. I totally forgot about that. I don't yeah. know where it is in this one. Because I, I believe and I, and I have to fact check this, but like Noah Segan, Ryan Johnson and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt were like college friends at some point like they're like they're yeah. the reason that they, they were like roommates or roommates or something um but so joseph gordon levitt shows up as miles he's the voice of miles's clock the hourly dong that's amazing so there's a clock on the island where it just goes dong which plays kind of an ominous role that is joseph gordon levitt <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Which That's that, amazing. Every time that would happen, it made me laugh because they wouldn't always. It would just be in the background sometimes. It's just a, a dude saying. Also, Dong. it blows my mind though. I know he's busier, but you're telling me Joseph Gordon-Levitt didn't have time to be in a movie, and Ethan Hawke did. 
I know. Well, it's shot during COVID, so I think a lot of people had a lot of time. And also, like, Ethan Hawke literally just showed up and did one thing, and I literally told, I paused it, I was like, that was Ethan Hawke, and he's just gone now. Yeah. She was like, oh, okay, can we watch the movie again? I was like, no. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say, but I I mean, I've there's so many things I would love to say and talk to, I'll it's talk so to you about to. at some point because there there's, I, I do want to leave the delicacy of the actual plot alone. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I loved all the talk about like legacy and, and that, that kind of devil's handshake yeah. idea, because it's so, that is like a true blue goes back to the silent film era, you know? Yeah, no, it really, really does. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like the whole Devil's Crossroad, like the yeah. Devil went down to Georgia. That whole deal. Like you're yeah. right. It is, it is one of the oldest stories. You know. Yeah, it's just told um, in this modern era, which, which it's funny as we talk about this movie more. I'm liking it more and more. I'm like, oh yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. I kind of want to watch it again. Like, Dude, it's I'm, so good. I we really thought, didn't though, do a good job of letting people know that we love this movie. I know. I, I, know, I promise I know. we did. We promise we did. But I, I, I think for me, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but like I will watch Knives Out, like once a year for the rest of my life. Like I, but I don't know if I'll re- return to this one as much, but time will tell, you know, there knives out has solidified itself yeah. in my top 10 of that year. This is like fun. You know, I don't have time to watch both of them, but because I'm watching airheads. So once like <laughs> once, once I get my annual airheads rewatch, maybe I'll think about it. But... I have to watch high fidelity. That thing you do in almost famous four times every year. I don't have time for these. Okay. Isn't that funny? Like I really do play that out where I'm like, ah, like there's so many new things I want to watch, but I just want to watch, you know, inside Lewin Davis again. <laughs> like there are movies have... that I just do. I... Yeah, no, you're so, it's so good. You're right. I, we, we have to do that thing you do soon. Oh, absolutely. Are we, are we going to do it for the Zonathon? Yes, let's do it. I, I would do it without the Zonathon, but that, that feels like the good kickoff for that because, good Lord, that movie is perfect. I have oh, no notes. I know. I want to do it. So it really is perfect. I cannot Actually, wait there, for you to watch yeah. where, how they show up in Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're ruining Mad Men for me every time I remember they're I know, not going to be It's going to be a little bit worse every time uh, Steve Zahn's character, every time the bass player doesn't show up. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, hey, follow us everywhere. Follow I guess, us is that what we do? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, this is a good way to, to wrap it up. Yeah, he's uh, at Nick Flora on all the socials. I'm at Dave Wears Black on all the socials. Betterman Film Club on Instagram and TikTok. Betterman Pod on Twitter. Betterman Film Club at gmail.com to write us in. Tell us how our voices make you tingle all over. Tell us how our, our hot takes are the hottest takes you've ever heard. Tell mm-hmm. us how uh, you can hear our mouth sounds and it doesn't even bother you because <laughs> you're so endeared to us. Uh, tell us all the positive things on all the positive platforms. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on truth social uh just kidding you can't. <laughs> farmers only <laughs> farmers only um yeah and make, and make sure you last... and make sure you call out every single time that dave doesn't wear black on instagram because yeah please i feel honestly, i need duped. some accountability <laughs> it's, he has, a tan, it's he has a tan sweater sometimes i'm like whoa 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 that's weird that's real i have a couple brown tops you um do. sorry 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 that's and a couple fan. t-shirts that were just fun so fact good. dave is also a brown top anyway um <laughs> <laughs> <Ta-do>. <laughs> uh, so clip it clip it the quote last week to end our episode was know why they call that pea shooter of yours blunderbuss because it's impossible to hit anything farther than 15 yards which is from ryan johnson's 2012 uh sci-fi effort which is such a great movie looper spoken so by good. noah segan the character kid blue that movie that movie 
isn't talked about enough in the conversation. It's so good. It really genuinely isn't. We should totally yeah. do an episode on that. I'd love that would it. Be so yeah. fun. Maybe we'll do that when we have Noah on. Uh, yeah. No, he's going to come on for blood relatives. For sure. Uh, manifesting. <laughs> We're manifesting this. Uh, all right. You ready for the quote this week? Yes. Hit me. You know something, Udovich? I think this might be my masterpiece. <laughs>